0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the off-week content for the Gimme dilute podcast. This episode, we're rebroadcasting the audio from our Twitch stream of our interview with Linda Kodega. Linda is a games journalist, and they are the individual who originally broke the OGL story. Linda was a blast to talk to about everything from being a games journalist to licking street lamps, impressive nautical skills and whether or not Tori Ever was in band. This is a great example of our streaming content that normally happens at 7.30 Central Standard Time over at twitch.tv forward slash gmdlcasts, so if you'd like to see this stuff when it comes out, check it out. Whether it's a stream or a normal podcast recording, of course, Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, violence, and really giving jazz a hard time. And as a rebroadcast of streaming content, you're going to get a few more clicks, clacks, ums. Gaffaws galorps, and that's jazz coughing if I didn't get them all edited out. So anyway, enjoy the conversation with Linda. I know we did, even if it was about the OGL. Check us out Mondays. Give them a follow over on Twitter and see you next week for at least the start of the finale of season three, if not the entire finale for season three. Either way, thank you as always. Hope you enjoy it. And hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Boom! Sneak attack! Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of the Guest Quest, the tabletop community role playing interview show brought to you by the Give Me the Loot Podcast, a TTRPG podcast that has to refer to it this way now because of tonight's guest. We are joined by uh, Linda Codega, They them pronouns. They're a queer non-binary Southerner living in Yankee Land. Uh, they're an avid reader writer and fan. Uh, they write about pop culture and focus on tabletop role-playing games and science fiction and fantasy books, TV and film. Uh, their work appears on Polygon, Observer, com, Dicebreaker, among others, and they are currently a staff writer at io9. Uh, they are also a Hugo-nominated first reader for Strange Horizons, and they're represented by Bridget Smith at Jabberwocky Literary Agency. Linda, thank you for joining us. Good evening.
1: You're welcome. Happy to be here. It is a beautiful evening here actually It's like 50, 60 degrees I went outside and just like A sweater, it was really wonderful Anyway, yeah, good evening, hello That's a Texas Dang. blizzard <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're,
0: we're a, a balmy 80 degrees Oh my, god. Awesome.
1: Oh my we, god
2: Yeah,
0: it must be nice And I'm still wearing a thermal <laughs> We've well, got a lot of things to call you out for On this episode, Jazz, don't give us another one Joining <laughs> 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 us tonight to, uh, just, to speak with Linda uh, about a few things uh, uh,
3: are. Story. <laughs> this isn't the one that we flip. Were we just no. discussing?
4: No, no, no. So it's
0: always we'll, we'll get into the format in just a second, but the intro order is still the <laughs> intro order. Okay.
3: This is Tori. Hi. And hi, Linda. Uh, even though we, we hung out for about 10-15 uh, minutes, awkwardly not introducing and half uh, interacting um, as someone with social anxiety, that made me very stressed. So I'm really excited to introduce myself and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my intro. Awkwardly <laughs>
0: interacting is our brand. What are you
2: doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So so how I'm going going tone. Next. Oh man. Oh man.
2: Okay. Well, so anyways, I'm Jamie. I play Eldrin on Gimme the Loot. And yeah, uh, I'm good at this. So yeah.
5: Yep. I'm Jazz, and I know where I go in the intro order. <laughs> <Hey, laughs>
0: I'm not <But>, <laughs> what time to show up for the stream. Sorry we're late at <laughs> everybody. That's fair.
5: That's
6: and
1: fair. It I am
6: I am Anthony who plays Baba Tunde, who has also never messed up his intro order. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay, Greg. As a reminder of the format we rolled initiative backstage. Uh questions uh will go in jazz, Anthony Eldrin Tory uh, uh order. Uh as always didn't I get my uh, real name. Like what <laughs> look, man, I like they're interchangeable for me. You're lucky I'm not okay. calling you my kids and or my pets names because mm. that's where it is right now. The last time I referred to my son as Baba, it just got weird. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, okay. so. Uh, On their turn, they will use their action to ask Linda a question. If they have a follow-up question, they will bonus action. If they have a follow-up to somebody else's question, they can use a reaction. If they are stumped for a question and there's not a decent one in the chat, they can use the dodge action. (coughs) If they use the dodge action more than once, we'll make fun of them. We'll probably make fun of them for other reasons anyway. At the end of the show, if Linda Linda so chooses, uh, they can use uh, their final action to ask the cast a question, which they must answer uh, or they can take the dodge Jackson themselves. So, um, and we've gotten better about warning guests up front about that. So, uh, <laughs> and yes, we see you, uh, Doctor. Everybody, round of applause for Doctor Fafo in the uh, in the chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, doctor Friedman uh, just posted. Uh, I am finally getting around to posting some of our "Give Me the Belt" rounds on our YouTube channel. And uh, there are uh, 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 the, uh, Emily and Emily. And their associate, who dropped it in the last minutes uh, round, is actually up on our YouTube channel right now. If you want to see how they did in our charity event. So, uh, on that note, uh, if you're not familiar with Linda's work, congratulations on waking up from your coma and/or the making it back to civilization from your um, sabbatical, because uh, it's been kind of a hectic couple of couple of weeks. Has it been weeks or days or? It's been a month. Been a month. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, it's, it's been. A been month, yeah. It's been been a lot. Been quite it's a roller coaster. Um, I, I guess just just to lead off, uh, obviously talking about the the whole OGL brouhaha. Um, is this the story that's ever gotten the most reaction that you've that you've written, or where does this kind of rank on your journalist career? Oh shit! Look, I I set it all on fire scale.
1: This is pretty high on my oh shit I set it all on fire scale. I will say, however, that I wrote a pretty brutal takedown of the Thor love and thunder trailer last year that got like 2.5 to 3 million views. Oh my. So unfortunately this is not a 2 million view story, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's definitely the one that I think I'm, I'm proudest of. And I think that I, uh, yeah, it's definitely the story that I'm proudest of. It is definitely the story that I think will actually have staying power. Like I'm mm. de- uh, still working on investigations regarding the the OGL and D&D, so there's still a lot to come out in the wash.
4: Yeah. Jazz? Okay,
5: so I was going to do traditional fate fashion and just dodge on first turn, um, because you know i'm late sorry um uh, but i was doing some uh, some quick uh some quick research here and i happened to come across this beautiful picture of what looks like your puppy <gasps> and i was yeah. just wondering if linda could tell us about the puppy cuz they are just the best
1: i can tell you about the puppy the puppy's actually you you might not be able to tell but the puppy's right there
5: I, okay okay
1: yeah zag hey Puppy cam. Zag. Can you say hi? Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, my <laughs> dog is there. Um, Her name is Zigzag, but her What's government name Zag? is
5: Zagreus. <laughs> it's really cute. So uh,
1: yes. a, a
0: couple of things about uh, Jazz's question. Number one, la- last minute research, uh, Linda has been booked for like over a month and a half. And Jazz was the one who pointed out when they tweeted, I'd be open to coming on shows. So <laughs> the guest... He referred me to the book a month and a half ago. He's doing last second research before he shows up late. I Anthony, your question. question. No, no, you don't get to respond to that. What's Anthony, your question. On,
6: <laughs> okay, so this this question has some history with our podcast oh, yeah. and what we'll, kind of what we do. We 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 definitely look at Twitter and kind of and that's kind of how we come up questions. You had a tweet. On January twenty eighth, it says this you'll never shit. No, no,
0: no, no, no. What you'll,
4: you'll
6: never, you'll never guess what I just licked. <laughs> <laughs> and so
4: what I have,
1: to, what I have to ask—that's
6: not the question. I don't want to know what it was. What I need to know was, was it a window? No. <laughs> okay, I just all okay. I need to know is okay. whether or not you had licked a window. <laughs>
1: No, the story behind that tweet uh, is that my friends dared me to post it as we were sort of like shooting the shit around a bonfire. And they, uh, we were playing truth or dare because mm. we're adults who yes, still play sense. truth or dare around a bonfire while like throwing marshmallows at each other's faces. Um because we're adults and we can do that. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Uh, mm -hmm. And my dare was to post something absurd (laughs) to Twitter. And we sort of had to, we like collectively figured out what it was. And everyone was very, very entertained by how fast everyone sort of like liked that tweet and then sort of responding to it. And another like aspect of the dare was like, I I was not allowed to like elaborate. I couldn't <laughs> like any of the responses. I couldn't tweet about it ever again. <laughs> so, That's, yeah, it's, mission it's, accomplished. It's,
6: it's done well. Uh, the, we, <laughs> we have an ongoing argument on whether or not someone on our podcast licked a window. Um, we haven't hmm. quite figured out whether or not he I licked, licked the window.
1: I licked the <laughs> dummy light. My friends and I, we all licked the, the local dummy light.
0: What's what's uh, a, what's a what not to be dumb, but what's dummy <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, <I'm> not familiar. <laughs> it's it's basically a street lamp, a street light that's mm. in like lamp format.
0: Oh, okay. Uh
1: and it's like sort of at a center of a of an intersection, and there's like parts of it like it on two sides for us, it has a uh, yield light, and the other ah. side has like a, a red light. Anyway, uh, yeah, we all went and we lit the Demi-Light as a rite of passage because we're all in our 30s and this is a normal thing for us to do on a (laughs) Friday night when we're lazed out of our minds.
0: Yeah, that that tracks, that tracks.
1: (laughs) Anyway
2: uh let's go with uh okay so i noticed on your uh twitter that you made some posts about uh record players and vinyl and i was just curious how uh big of a vinyl collector are you and if you have a favorite piece in your collection
1: so i started collecting vinyl uh a couple years ago and when i started collecting i was very specific about what my collection was going to be because I knew that if I just sort of did you know whatever was cool I would get like a hundred vinyls and I would just never stop buying records so I very specifically collect 70s punk rock and early 80s but if you if you go to like Black Flag you've gone too far It's too <laughs> contemporary. Like, I really like even dead Kennedy's. I'm like, no hard out at like 1983, nothing, nothing yet newer than like the, like one of the last, like the second to last clash album. Um, nice. I recently got a, I recently purchased a first press of uh, Sex Pistols, Nevermind the Bollocks, which is a choice album. Um, So that's the one that I really, really like, but I'm really proud of my collection because it's one of those things where it's, uh, I've been very, very careful about like what I buy. And I have like a couple local record stores that like know me and know my taste. Um, I just got like a Stranglers album. I have a Cramps album like waiting for me. Um, So yeah. Uh, late, so basically 70s punk rock, a little bit early 80s. If I can get a Stooges album, the like 1969 Stooges album, uh, that would be incredible. I'm not holding my breath for that. Uh, so that's the, that's those are the records I collect. And I'm really, really pleased with the Nevermind the Bullocks album. I also, probably my favorite, my favorite punk brand right now is uh, Stiff Little Fingers. I don't know if you guys They're not, know not
4: familiar.
1: They're great. Um, they're like, they're I'm Belfast punk down. rock. Okay. So they're very, very angry and aggressive little Irishmen, just like screaming about how much they hate the British. And I'm just like, just vibing to it. It's really good. Okay. okay.
0: Tori. Thank you for ah. ma- staying on. I'm not a hipster, but I'm going to ask all the hipster questions. Brand. You got Jamie it. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> for it. Tori, what you got?
3: On the subject of collections, well, DM, may I use my reaction first to follow up on that previous question and then use my action to yeah, ask a question? That's the, whole, that's, the, like, that's the action economy <laughs> for sure Well, my follow-up um is what is the record that falls out of your very strict rules that you love? No shame in the fact that it's it's you've created this wonderful niche for yourself, but there I feel like there's there's gotta be one that kind of broke it. Unless you're I, like a really good at self-control.
1: <laughs> no, I, I have not bought an album outside of those parameters. My I make I make like exceptions for if I'm like at a concert and they're selling vinyl, I'll yeah. snag a vinyl. Um but no I I have not made an exception to my to my collection. Yeah, I think the only thing, the only one is like, uh, I got like a Violent Femmes album from like mm-hmm. 1984, 85. So that one's like a little on edge.
3: <laughs> that was skating the lines there a little yeah.
1: bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, they're on the edge. Um, also, there's like, you know, debates as whether to whether or not Talking Heads is new wave or punk rock, but I think it's punk rock. So it's in the collection. Uh, same with Blondie. Is Blondie new age or is it punk rock? But the first album, solidly punk rock in the collection.
3: I I don't know if my actual question is just going to kind of fold back into this, um, <laughs> but I like to, because it kind of seems like it. you're hitting the points of what I like to ask everybody is kind of what is your, um, what do you nerd out about that isn't the typical thing that somebody would call a nerd, like whether it's sports, just knowing everything about a certain sport or music. Um, I'm curious if there's another thing that you just... Have a lot of facts about sea turtles. Not a personal pool. And <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So so definitely, my like punk rock is one of those things where I'm I'm sort of actively learning as I collect, and also like really working towards like a really a really cool collection. Um, but I think. <laughs> This is gonna be really funny. Uh I grew up sailing. So I have a ton of knowledge about like weather patterns and sailing and boats and like if I wanted to sail across across the ocean, I could. And I'm really confident about that. And <laughs> like awesome, so, dude. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. Uh I did I've done like long distance o- open ocean racing. Um I was a charter boat captain in the Caribbean for a summer or two. Uh wow. touched a couple sharks. Uh, I went to like junior Olympics a few times. Like I'm a very good sailor. Is what, is what I'm saying here.
3: Nice. Awesome. Okay. We need to just keep going. Cause I'm going to have 45 follow-up uh, questions. You, you, 45. We'll, come,
0: we'll come back around. We will yeah. come back around. Um, uh, so, so following up then on the, uh, on the coastal illusion there, um, you mentioned you, you call yourself a southerner living in Yankee land. Is that a Florida southerner or uh, North Coast or North Carolina? Where where is the southern southerner that uh, origin point?
1: So I grew up in Virginia, Tennessee, and North Carolina, um, and I spent four years in the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, nice uh, for school. So that's kind of where my my southern roots are. Is definitely like. The, the mountains like yeah 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 the, the highlands
0: yeah for sure for sure it, it's a little bit it's definitely still the south it's a little bit of a different south though. that's why yes how did yes. so how, I guess my question is uh, where, where does the association with sailing then kind of come come from those roots is it uh, was uh, one of those a coastal stint or
1: yeah so my mother's in the navy my father designs boats for a living um, oh wow so okay we just sort of I was always like on the water, like Mm -hmm. living by the water. And my father was also a sailor and he he taught me how to sail. And like so it was just one of those things where it's just like we were always by the water and it was always really accessible. Like I I never owned a boat. I don't have that kind of money. But if you are in like certain clubs or if you're in certain uh if you go to like certain colleges or, or high schools, they have sailing programs that like are free or cheap so it's pretty accessible if you if you go to certain uh parts of certain certain schools basically um and then here uh so i live in the hudson valley um uh, and i sail on the hudson river and I just have friends who own boats, and they're just like, "Linda, are you free this weekend?" And I'm like, "You bet. oh, so no shit, so you're Ooh.
0: still doing it? That's awesome." We th- this Ooh, interview, yeah. I, the odds of it not being ninety percent about sailing it, from this point forward, pretty soon. <laughs> I'll be honest with I, you. I, mean, I love
1: <laughs> sailing. I I have a ton of like cool. I have a ton of like bonkers stories about like sailing stuff that I've done and sailing stuff that like my brother has done and my family's done. And, uh, yeah, we lived on a boat for a summer. That was fun. Uh, I've been on a battleship before. Like, it's just like, Uh, can I use a reaction?
0: Reaction? Please, please
1: do.
2: Uh, can can I, can I just, uh, what's the best boat name that you've seen in all your travels on boats?
1: That's really hard, but I think that there's a boat called The Acheron. That's really good.
5: I want to. I want to take a reaction here. Just oh my god! See, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) So it's probably unlikely, but still, I just gotta ask: Have you encountered any sea monsters in your adventures out in the waters? Jesus Christ! We had a good roll
1: going, Jedna. I'm gonna say yes. Um. I'm going to say I've encountered precisely, like, one one sea monster that, like, I was genuinely afraid of. Uh, I was sailing in the Caribbean. We were going towards this little island called Anagata. And Anagata Island, the, the sort of reef right to the north, sorry, the south east of it, is the only known breeding ground for tiger sharks. Oh. Yeah. Oh, nice. So we were sailing to Anagata and it's kind of in the middle of the ocean. There's really nothing else around for at least 10 miles. The nearest island is Virgin Gorda, which is, again, like 10 miles south. Mm. And we're sailing out there and I look behind me and I see this giant fin. Just huge. And I'm, I'm sailing on like a 50 foot sailing ship with a bunch of children and like <laughs> one other adult. <laughs> and I see this... Massive tiger shark fit behind us, and I look ahead and I turn to like the the other guy who's like my co captain. I'm just like, I need you to look behind us, but you need to be real, real <laughs> subtle about it. Of course, we have like we have children on board. Like we're right. actually sailing. Like we're not motoring. Like we're like fully under under wind power, and that's it. So there's no real maneuverability. Wow. Um, Wow. So so my my co gato looks behind us and he's he he comes back and he's like pale and his like eyes are huge and he's like, that's a big fish. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's a big <laughs> fucking fish. It was I don't know how big it was, but it was like it's one of those where I'm just like, if I had known how big it was, I would have been like 10 times scared, more scared. It was just a Whoa. crazy moment.
0: Wow! Mm. Wow! Very cool. Very That's why cool. I say, thank honest.
5: you. <laughs> yeah, no, That's a uh, big fish.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, jazz. You are back up.
5: Oh, okay. Um, so, um, given your research and studies that you've done, or um, I guess uh, pieces that you've done, what has been your favorite TTRPG that isn't D and D that you've encountered?
1: Oh, that's hard because I, so here's, here's something that you guys might not like to hear. I don't really enjoy playing Dungeons and Dragons very much.
0: Okay. We don't, we don't make it. It doesn't hurt our
4: feelings. It's (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, uh, I don't really play Dungeons and Dragons and I don't play crunchy games. Like Mm. I know how to play them, but they're just, it's not my thing. I prefer stuff that's, uh, narrative focused and has Mm. like less, less dice basically. Mm -hmm. Right the best way to put it so there's like a lot of games out there that i really really like um i think into the odd is one of my favorites for like straight up osr like dungeon delving because it's just really wonderfully satirical like it understands what it is it's really good it's really really good
0: Yeah, Um, that is that is on my docket to pick up. I've been. uh, I just got done reading. I want to say a dumb. I grew up in the Southway. Vason, 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 whatever. Yeah. Uh, The uh, the, I just got freely does some has got some really cool stuff and is doing some really cool stuff.
1: Freely does do a lot of cool stuff. I get a lot of their. I get a lot of their products. I am always like a little weird about them because I've never seen more than like two women work on a book. Oh really. Never like look inside any of their books. It's like maybe one, one or two like female names. It's one of those things where I'm just like, what are you guys doing?
4: Mm
1: -hmm. What are you guys doing? Um, But they do some really cool stuff. Um, I think that the year zero engine is really cool. I'm a little weirded out about their Blade Runner RPG because you can only play as a cop.
4: Mm,
0: Really?
1: It kind of misses the point, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, 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 yeah. That's like the whole. That's like my whole thing about it too. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> the, the
3: face. The face. Yes, what? that's exactly like, a- everything you just said. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So,
1: so I like a lot of what they do, but I do agree that like there's some things that I'm just like, what's happening over there?
0: Yeah, um, interesting.
1: I. I am listening to a AP podcast called Interstitial or Hearts Intertwined, um, which is basically a Kingdom Hearts uh, game called Interstitial that like the GM or the the writer is GMing this AP. Mm. Um, Um, And it's really fun. Like the very first season has (laughs) Roxanne from the Goofy movie, but Roxanne from the meme, damn bitch, you live like this. (laughs) <laughs> right, so that's one of the characters of the AP. Is the damn bit you live like this, Roxanne? It's beautiful. Okay. There's also uh, Marsh <laughs> from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and then an original character from Rescue Rangers who's also in the Cult of Gadget, and then the fourth member of the like the original adventuring party in the first season of this AP is Chris Angel.
4: <laughs> Holy Jesus. Okay. Oh.
1: It's honestly oh, of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. they said like the, the first season, they're just like, okay, any Disney property. And like Chris Angel had a television special on Dis- on like a Disney owned channel. So they were like, technically speaking, Chris Angel's a Disney prince. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he definitely does have some
1: uh, some oh, disney prince man. energy for sure so i've been doing interstitial i've been listening to that and i'm about to gm a game of interstitial and then crescendo of violence is the one that i was talking about that i'm also going to gm soon um but it's basically neon noir and it's set in the future and it's not cyberpunk it's very clear about that and mm. instead of like giant corporations there's just like mob families running everything cool Ooh. yeah and the art in this one's really really pretty which <clears throat> you can't really see cuz i blurred out the background mm. but i'm very excited about that one especially because it has this really cool action economy where every time you roll to take an action you have to spend a luck token. So you get three luck tokens.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and as soon as you use up all three, they immediately refill. And one of those bad luck, neutral luck, good luck.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: So you can choose your narrative positioning. And then there's also like momentum tokens, which is a less retrievable token based system where you get like a plus one to your die pool when you take an action. So, it's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Crescendo of Violence is one that I'm really interested in.
4: Pulling that
5: up right
1: oh, now. Oh, guys, my mother's in the chat.
5: Uh-oh. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm Hi, Mom. Wait. Hi, Mom.
6: Okay. All right. X, you can, you can ask. No. You can still no, ask
1: joking. it. <laughs> no. You can still <laughs> ask the question. <laughs> I told Glen, my mother Glenna multiple I got my first
6: question out the way. Listen,
1: <laughs> I told my mother multiple times that she will eventually find out something about me that she doesn't want to know. And that's on her. <laughs> <laughs> I've no, warned that's, that's
6: what she gets for being
1: supportive. Yeah. It's what she gets for being supportive <laughs> <exactly>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're up, Anthony. Uh, so her,
6: my question so was, uh,
0: What's it I like to, to, to have parents who support of- you? I don't know. Uh, Answer your question. (laughs) Wow! Wow!
6: No, that's not what my question was. No. uh, (laughs) What's the story about? Like how you became a writer at IO Nine? Like I'd like to hear kind of that story.
0: Like how does that come about? Games journalist origin story go.
1: Uh, yeah. I I think that I mean I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to write. Um, and I've always taken jobs that have allowed me to be to utilize writing Um, and I was eventually I was in this like kind of like pretty boring marketing job and while I was there I started writing uh, freely I just started like pitching you know articles to all these outlets and then I got eventually got into another magazine position for this film magazine called Shots that mostly focused on advertising film commercial film so uh and then again i still like i was i i still kept pitching you know polygon observer tour all of these articles about stuff that i actually liked rather than (laughs) than just being like watching commercials and being like the most recent sellout looks pretty i guess (laughs) 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 you know um so it was one of those things where it's just i was i was pretty pretty tenacious about like just continually, continually pitching and getting, getting these bylines. And of course, like one byline leads to another byline. Um, And when I left that job, a job at IONI opened up for an investigative reporter. And this was in, in late 2021. And I applied for that job and I got two interviews in and the, the, the woman interviewing me was like, you're really great, but you don't have the experience to be an investigative journalist. Uh, and then I reapplied for another <laughs> position as staff writer. And as soon as I got that position, I'm just like, I'm gonna do some investigative journalism. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, no, don't, don't worry about it. Um, just and the then I you. just continually did investigative journalism.
0: Very and nice. And that's my origin cool. story,
1: is
0: <laughs> very, very nice. So not- <laughs> <laughs> not bitten by a radioactive newsie actually put in the work and got your way, got worked your way up.
1: Uh, Sadly. Yes.
0: <laughs> Jamie, you're up.
2: Uh, since I did not use a reaction on this before, I forgot uh, the, to, to speak up. Uh, what is the best kingdom hearts game or oh, your favorite kingdom hearts game? And who is your favorite kingdom hearts character?
1: I've never played kingdom hearts. <gasps>
0: Neither can you sure <coughs> <I'm>, It's, <coughs> it's just
1: like you know, the podcast sold it as Kingdom Hearts esque, and I'm like, I don't even know what Kingdom Hearts at e- like, is to start. So I've oh, played so every this,
2: single game in the series. I don't know what the hell's going on in there. So that's yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> they sold it. They sold it on for like for people who don't know about what Kingdom Hearts is. They sold it as like a fan fiction crossover machine, and I'm mm-hmm. just like. I, don't know what those words are. <laughs> I understand that
0: v- very much. So, um, if it was a slash fiction crossover machine, I think it'd be a little bit more interesting. But uh, you know, and, and the
1: way I run it,
0: there, you go. there <laughs> you go. In the TTRPG space, it can
3: get there, uh, Tori. Oh man, I, w- I went up and down with the with the sailing c- questions and boats, and then we got into other. Oh gosh. Oh, oh. <laughs> i feel like i had a i had a good question a little bit ago oh no um <laughs> okay we were talking about dogs i'm gonna walk we're just gonna you'll, you'll cut this right turner right
0: we're, yeah. you know yeah, we're live. live. Yeah. You know we're yeah. live right
3: can I cut this?
0: Can you cut this? Can you yeah. cut this? The re-broadcast. You from the
3: rebroadcast, yes. Well, sure.
0: Sure. Just like I told <laughs> you yeah, it'll never make it into the intro. We'll cut this out and post. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It makes we'll it to the intro every time.
3: <laughs> oh, I remember. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you've been interested in writing for a long time. So would you say back into childhood?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, my mother can probably tell you that like she's kept stories I wrote as a kid and poems I wrote when I was 10, like yes. really wild stuff. But yeah, uh, definitely been writing ever, forever, as long as I can remember, for sure.
3: Perfect. I would love to know about one of those poems, one of those writings. Like I know for a
1: fact, I know for a fact, one of them was when I was like 10 uh, I wrote a poem about Legolas because the new because mo- the Fellowship of the Ring had just come out.
4: Mm. <laughs> so <Love> so. It. <laughs>
5: right. do I have uh, another reaction? Yes, Faith. <laughs> oh man. You know, you sounded so excited about us using them, and now that I'm doing it, you're like, oh this guy again. Yeah. So, yeah. All, right. <clears throat> all right. So Um, What, I guess, from your childhood would be your most influential, um, I guess, piece of like media that you consumed, whether it be like a book or a movie, like as far as like informing your writing style?
1: Yeah. So I think that there's there's a solid a solid grouping that I can point to. The the first is um, my my father read stories to me um, and we got through the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy by the time I was five nice something like that uh so that's definitely that was like a huge influence and then when those movies came out it was like all over for me I was like this is it (laughs) this is perfect everything is amazing um and then that same year the, the the year that the first the first Lord of the Rings film came out um, crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out,
4: mm, yeah. And
1: I don't know what my father was thinking, but he was <laughs> like, "Let's take this ten-year-old child to go see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon," uh, and that also like blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> we went to go see it a whole other time. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I don't know why my dad was like, "Yes, I will take my ten-year-old kid." to go see like this rated R Chinese martial arts film, but he did. <laughs> so
5: it's a really um, good movie.
1: Jeez. Yeah. And definitely an inflection point for me. So I think it was uh crouching tiger, hidden dragon early, early when I was 10 and then uh Lord of the Rings when I was 11. And then right around that time, uh, the Tamora Pierce books were really big. And I read the one series called protector of the small. And it had Caledary Mendelin and she was kind of big and burly and she was not interested in love and she didn't have any magic. She was just like super tough. And I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) that one. Um, Um, I'm
3: going to read that tomorrow. (laughs)
1: Yes, it's. I, it's, it's one of those things, like it's, it's 20, the series is like 20 years old, but I think it still holds up pretty well. Um, But Caledria Bandila was a big, a big thing for me. Um, Also, Treasure Planet. All right. So I think, I think that's, those are like the big influences, like on baby Linda.
0: That is a fantastic cross-section, by the way. That is, that is, <laughs> that is an awesome pool to draw from. Um, I, I, I would be uh, derelict in my duty of, of soliciting questions beforehand if I didn't ask the, the one that I actually got in advance. We're, uh, uh, and, man, I went through a lot of emotions on the whole GL drama, and a lot of it was surly old man frustration. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it took me a while to figure out why. Um, uh, because I work with contracts in my day job and I went, Oh, this is because it seems like I'm still at work when I'm reading this. And that's why I keep getting, getting, getting the, yes, corporations are trying to fuck us. No joke, uh, vibes from, from it. But, yeah. um, we from the broader community reaction as a whole, what was your thoughts on, um, how the community reacted, how they mobilized behind the story and, What the not even what the downstream was, but just largely the community reaction as a whole. What was what was your what kind of went through your mind when you start to started to see this? uh, uh, I think it's fair to call it a movement really start to take place as as it got rolling.
1: Yeah, I think it was it was really incredible. I didn't quite believe it was happening until it was actually like three or four days in. And I'm just like, no, people are going to stay mad about this. Mm. Um, and people are going to keep trying different ways of pushing back against D&D and Wizard of the Coast, which is not something that like usually happens in these yeah. kind of articles. So usually it's like something happens, people are mad for a couple of days, and then maybe, like, a small group of people, like, stays active. Mm -hmm. Um, But for this, it just kept building and building and building. And I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) 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 What's going on? (laughs) Um,
5: Snowball just keeps rolling.
1: It just kept going. Um, It was, so it was, like, really unbelievable for me because I've seen a lot of this kind of um, online outrage and online like movements Mm. like cycle through and it was really incredible to see like people having this kind of sustained energy uh towards fighting a giant corporation not just like taking it lying down yeah which i thought was just incredible i'm like okay i see it i see what's happening here and I love it <laughs> and so it's just one of those things that was, it was really remarkable um I definitely became a bit of a, a flashpoint which was still still like doesn't seem quite real and I'm happy to sort of consider that like oh yeah 15 minutes of fame and mm. now I'm like just gonna keep doing tireless uh unappreciated work for the rest of my life uh <laughs> thankless thankless journalism um which i love doing
0: hey hey uh, hey look that the, the thor 11 thunder wasn't that great you taking down the trailer was a was a canary in the coal mine for all of us that was that, that should have been appreciated
1: just as much people should have known when <laughs> i said something was bad people should have known <laughs> um but yeah so so just sort of seeing seeing that reaction was it was i would have never predicted it i'm very grateful it happened um, I think that the collective movement is absolutely what caused Wizards of the Coast to turn back alongside the pretty unrelenting journalism, not only not only from me, but from like a bunch of other people mm-hmm. who were like nonstop, like we're not going to rest because everyone was talking about it. So it stayed in the news. So people were able to like put it on websites and do journalism and do follow up stuff. So it just continually like stayed in the news cycle and like spread up spread like further and further and further until like the fucking Washington Post was talking yep. about it, and like NPR called me up was like, "We'd like to do an interview with you, and I'm like, <laughs>
5: nice, <Yep.
1: "What>?
4: <laughs> <laughs> me
1: <laughs> 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 um so yeah, really incredible, really wonderful. uh, the community I've never seen a community to that before. Mm not not with a kind of like sustained effort not in a way that like bre- like breached silos and sort of everybody was just like actually we fucking hate this rather than just like one group of people saying like this is bad or offensive or unfortunate or like should be changed it was literally like everybody saying like fuck you <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it was, um, Wizards of the Coast kept managing to fuck up the communication on it. That's, I mean, thoughts on the contract management basis of it aside, that it is, and, you know, they have been on a roll really since the Hadassi of really fucking up communication and corporate communication and Mm -hmm. community relations in a way that is baffling for an organization of that size. Um, and they don't seem to be getting any better at it, even though they've put some new voices and faces in it. Um, there are still some things that are being said that's just like, wow, this is, uh, institutionally that you don't get the message of what you're saying.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that the Hadozi, um, that whole debacle, that whole like moment was weird. Um, and that's all I can say about that right now, mm. but it, it's really weird.
0: Yep. Yeah. Having, uh, having listened to, uh, I don't, I'm totally blanking on the guy's names, uh, interview with, uh, friend of the show, three black halflings, um, Kyle, the, uh, hmm? Kyle? Kyle yeah, Kyle, it's Kyle. Uh, some of the comments he made just were like, Whoa, dude. Um, I don't think you understand what you're saying in the way that you're saying it. So. But anyway, I, I, I wanted to ask that I'm um, uh, happy to go back to sailing talk at this point. That's I'm
1: more excited to talk about that anyway. Uh, jazz. We can talk about whatever. It's fine.
0: Jazz? Oh, is it back to me? I thought I... Jazz?
4: Jazz. Oh, okay. Jazz. All right. All right. All right. Jazz. Jazz.
5: Um, jazz. Didn't realize I was up. Sorry. Dodge. Really?
0: <laughs> what? Wow. what All right, fine. That's I fine. lost. I lost track of the initiative order. I Yeah, yeah. That's why I put you in that order on the bottom of the screen. Like, if you look at the screen, well, that's, that's fair
6: Yeah. So I saw you had a article or a post of, um, or not a post, but you wrote about the 28 best sci-fi horror and fantasy films of 2022. And I was curious, is there anything you've seen in the first few months of this year that you're like, that's definitely getting on my next list?
1: Probably not. I haven't seen a lot of films so far. Um, no, I'm gonna say no. Just, but that's not because there there haven't been good films. It's just because it's like I've been I, busy, Anthony. <laughs> if you, if, <laughs> if you're, you're paying attention, yeah, I've never seen anything. Um, I, I really no want to go see. I really <laughs> want to go see the whale. I really want to go see. There's like another another weird sci-fi. I want to go see Infinity Pool. Um,
0: that's Cronenberg's yeah, son's yeah. movie, right?
1: Yeah, Brandon Cronenberg. I love that man. Yeah, I love that man. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I haven't seen any films this year yet.
0: Okay. You have failed us, Linda, in our moment of need. Jamie, your question. Oops. Uh,
1: I'm going
2: to stick on the movies here. Uh, what is you- that last uh, question about uh, the man, movies
0: panned out so listen, well? Listen, no, means, no, let's no, double no. down this on it.
2: Speculative movie stuff. Uh, so What are your thoughts on the Dungeons and Dragons movie after seeing the trailers? Are you excited for it? Do you think it looks terrible? Oof. Here we go.
1: I love Chris Pine with all of my little heart. Just like all of it. Mm -hmm. He could have it. I'm giving it to him. Um,
0: He is one of the better Chris's.
1: He is one of the better Chris's, if not like the best Chris in my personal ranking. Mm -hmm. Um, Also Michelle Rodriguez as a really, really buff but barbarian definitely does it for me she's incredibly hot uh so i'm i'm excited only because i know that it's just gonna be like (laughs) yeah it's just gonna be like tons of eye candy Mm. um but i whether or not it's gonna be good who knows Mm. uh i think that it's going to be a very marvel style fantasy yeah yeah and i don't think it's i don't think it's actually going to be very good um but i think so but whether or not it's going to be a fun time Mm -hmm. is kind of up in (laughs) the air (laughs) is it going to be good no will it be a good time maybe yeah
0: i i think i think i think you're spot on i think it'll be fun um, I think as long as the people that are in it are having a good time, that will come across. Uh, it'll come across well. And I I don't think it'll be bad, but I don't think it'll be good. <laughs> so
1: Chris Pine got paid $11 million. He better be having the time of his fucking <laughs> life. He got paid more than literally any other, uh, like any other star in that film. And I'm just like, my man better be like acting his whole pussy out. Like it better be better be out.
3: I think they could save it if they did like a snails, like Marlon Wayans resurrection cameo. Um, Speaking of the year that Lord (laughs) of the Rings uh, came out, it was also the year that (laughs) the Dungeons and Dragons film came out. The first one that was, um, you know, on par like CGI wise and acting and storyline for the time. Right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> she says sarcastically
3: and stares at someone and there's somebody in this group that Jazz loves that movie you know
4: what
5: reaction so is. I was gonna I was, I was gonna cause they were gonna roast me about it anyway what are your thoughts on the original 2000s D&D movie and be honest it's fine
1: I haven't seen it
5: for the
4: best. Okay. That's, that's for the best. That's good.
1: <laughs> well, there good. video? I don't know. I haven't seen yes. it. I'm sorry. Okay. All
4: right.
1: <laughs> there's so many films, guys. Yeah, there's, there's a so, lot. Yeah. It's exciting oh, so
3: when films. someone asks if you've seen a film because they're excited about it because then that's just another film you can add to a list that has like a solid <laughs> recommendation behind it. Except that's minus true. this specific this situation. Not, you yeah. don't need to watch this film. This one of those circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> This is not this absolutely not. not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tori, you're up. God. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I'm it's, it's the same s- order every time. I it's not know. a surprise. I'm either severely overprepared or just shocked to be acknowledged. I know you're thrown off because <laughs> Harlan's perceived. not here to bully,
0: which I appreciate. I, I get it. I, it. Do what I do in those moments pick on jazz. That's why <laughs> we pick on jazz because Harlan's not here to bully so
3: yes, perfect thanks for the the tips um i actually i'm curious linda from we kind of teased us with the that you're working on a project but um kind of coming to the other side of this or maybe there's more depth into it uh we'll see in in the upcoming days but um i'm curious maybe even before this whole thing blew up like what are you excited like next project wise or kind of what's blue sky? Like you're what are you going towards? Is there a specific topic that's kind of pulling
1: you right now? Yeah. So right now I have um I have a couple investigations I'm working on. One I'm trying to get out this week. Uh that's a follow-up on previous reporting from the past month. Um, I have another investigation that I can't talk about at all that <laughs> Will hopefully be be out in like two or three months um but I have an investigation that I started last year that I was never able to finish because stuff just came up and it was never like a high priority and then it wasn't timely anymore and then the OGL happened uh so it's been on the back burner for I think two or three months but I'm I can talk about that one. That was not nearly as sensitive. Um, basically I did an investigation into how Anne Rice dealt with fandom in 2000. Mm. So I don't Ooh. know how much you guys know about this, but Anne Rice basically in 2000 decided that she hated fan fiction and I need she was going to do investigation. She was going to do everything in her power to basically destroy any fan fiction that was online. And this was 2000.
4: Mm.
1: So it was before the creative commons license before archive of our own. And she basically wiped out an entire queer fandom in less than a year. Wow. She destroyed it. She went absolutely nuclear. And I was able to find the very first people that she sent cease and desist letters to. Um, I was able to find the lawyer that sent those letters. And I was able, and I'm and I have like a dozen first person stories about like how her actions made these writers feel and how her actions basically destroyed the the creativity of these writers. And it's just a really incredible story. And the implications of, of what she did are, or the, the, the sort of Mm -hmm. the ripple effect of that, like singular year in fandom can be felt like even today. Uh, So it's, it's kind of this cultural look at Anne Rice's legacy as like a fandom boogeyman (laughs) and how that's changed and evolved and how, in some ways it's good because it taught people like a lot of independence as like fans. And it taught people like, you don't need the creator. Like you can do whatever you want. You don't even, you don't even need their permission. Like, even if they tell you, you can't do it, you can still fucking do it. So in a way it was like, really, it was like this really cataclysmic moment where fans had to decide whether they were going to like kowtow to authority or whether they were going to just write about the vampires having sex anyway. Anyway, uh yeah. So that I that. love that so, such an
3: insightful like reflection on this point in time, and and then just ending on vampire sex is just Chef's kiss. Just I applaud. I,
1: like I'm so sorry, Bob. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Bob. Yeah. Look, I'm into it. It's fine. They're an yeah. artiste. It's our I mean, IP mother. If
0: if you're writing about vampires and you're not writing about vampires doing it, you're doing it wrong. Doing it what wrong. Is yeah. yeah. doing it what wrong. is the point? You're doing it wrong. What is the point?
1: There's no point. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's, that's like an investigation that I'm really, really excited to pick up again. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to publish that, I think, around the time that season two of Interview with the Vampire releases.
4: Right on, so that's right the goal,
0: uh, but that's
1: something i'm really I've always really fascinated with
0: cool as um so again, just kind of getting back to the, the journalism aspect of it because I think it's one thing that is particularly has been particularly interesting to watch evolve really it feels like over the last fifteen months more than anything, kind of in the mainstream gaming journalism sites like polygon and i o nine kotak to where TTRPG articles have obviously started to become more prevalent, um, is as you got into games journalism, was the intention to write uh, about TTRPGs or write in the TTRPG, TTRPG space specifically? Or is that, hey, this is what I was into at the moment, and that's what sparked this pitch, and these pitches got picked up, so I figured out this was the kind of groove I could get the needle into? Or... Uh, has there has there been some resistance to those kind of articles? It just kind of give you a feel for how that particular piece of j- games journalism moved from kind of the more niche zine space into some of the more memes. Uh, other than hey, a whole shit ton of people are play, pay, uh, playing it, we should we should write more of these. Um, what what your experience has has been like in that in that particular space?
1: Yeah, so it, definitely when I first started pitching. Um, freelance stories. It was one of those things where it's like, well, this is what I I just pitched whatever I was into at the time. So, you know, whether it was Dungeons and Dragons or I did a rewatch of The Fall with Lee Pace and I was like, this is great. <laughs> and I like pitched, pitched an article about The Fall. Uh, I rewatched Inception and I pitched an article about Inception. So stuff like that happened a lot. Um, and I was frequently interested in tabletop role playing games, so I pitched a lot of that sort of thing. Uh, again, violence, violence, violence. And when I saw the the job opening for IO9, they actually were specifically looking for someone who had experience covering tabletop role playing games. So that was actually something that they were looking to fill and looking to uh, kind of round out their coverage and. The big thing is that David Ewalt, my editor in chief, like my boss's boss, actually like wrote a book about Dungeons and Dragons back in like 2013, 2014. So he's a big fan of the game. And he knew that he wanted that coverage to like exist on the site because he recognized that he recognized that it was only growing in popularity and we were missing out by not having someone on it. Cool, cool, cool yeah and i i definitely credit uh david and my editor james um for being like pretty pretty great about when i got that ogl leak and i went to them and i was like this is a big deal
4: Mm
1: -hmm. um david immediately knew it was a big deal and again because he's like a huge fan of the game he's written about its history he's like you know, interviewed the guy Yaes like really like he knows this game. he was just like, oh, it is a big deal, like run with it, like chase this lead mm-hmm. um and James was really really great about like making sure I had time to chase it, but i I think that that's something that makes that made i o nine um unique is that I feel like if another outlet had gotten that leak, they Mm -hmm. might not have known what to do with it. Um, There are sites like Polygon, there are sites like Dicebreaker, like they would have known what to do with it. But I think outside of like the niche nerd sites, I don't necessarily know if someone at like the Washington Post or the Times or, you know, any of the larger or even like, you know, any of the larger legacy outlets would have known how big of a deal it was? I would have known how to how to work that lead. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful it came to me, and I'm really grateful that my editors were like, "Go for it."
0: Yeah, I think, and I think I Io9 well, Kotaku and to I guess are Kotaku and Io9 still associated? I know after the whole Gawker Media kind of kerfuffle, I, I don't are there is there an association still there? Because yes. I,
1: I I always look the two
0: in my head. So
1: yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um so IO9 is under the Gizmodo umbrella.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and Gizmodo and Kotaku are sister sites. We're both right. under GO Media. So there's, yeah. There there is we're, a little we're bit, still buddies. There is we're little, the same slack.
0: Yeah. There's a little bit of a history there with Shrier and some of kind of the investigative video games journalism that he's done. right? Um, and so I can see, I can definitely see there being the roots to know what you had in your hands and then having the editorial mm-hmm. wherewithal to go with it. And that's, that's cool that they, they had your back in, in that front. Um, yeah. The, Cause that, yeah, it could have gotten messy um, and it was, it was handled, it was handled pretty well. So uh, yep. li- all right, guys, we are at the back end of the hour. So lightning round, and then we will kick it over to Linda ask us a question so jazz lightning round question go
5: okay this one's kind of self-serving but i've been told that i'm the anime buff of the group um i came across uh you seem to be enjoying spreading the word of promere to your friends um i have a friend who's been trying to put me on promere for a while and i haven't watched it yet can you sell me
1: it is about fighting eco-terrorist capitalism capitalism through the power of gay love and max
4: that's actually
0: pretty good. <laughs> that, that checks all the boxes, Jazz. Linda wins. Anthony, you're
6: up. <laughs> Gay love and mechs. That, that threw me. Hold on.
4: That's pretty good. I think I
6: need to figure out how that works. Um, but it's true. I'll draw you a
0: diagram later.
6: <laughs> oh, no. 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 That's not what I mean. <laughs> in the show. In the narrative of a TV show. Oh, it it's, might a work it's a it's movie. It's also a
1: movie. So <laughs> oh, movie. It's, it's really, okay, it's really we consumable. Um, it's also by Studio Trigger, who did Kill a Kill. And you can sort of see a lot of, like, references to their older work in that movie. So it's really great. If you're an anime buff and you like the, the Trigger stuff. So yeah.
6: So I was going to ask, uh, you said you haven't watched much this year, but, like, what is on your list, like, coming up? Like, what do you think? Uh, you're like, all right, I'm going to stop my busyness, and I'm going to watch that.
1: Um, I'm really excited for the Tetris movie.
0: I, saw, Man, I watched the trailer just, for that last night. Yeah, uh, that looks so damn good.
1: <laughs> I know it's it so weird. weird. It's so it weird to weird, say but that yeah, I'm excited I'm for the Tetris you. movie. Um, but it's basically Tetris by way of like a Cold War spy thriller. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... <laughs>
0: Okay. Which is, speaking of weird shit tied <laughs> sure. to the Cold War, if you haven't watched Pez Outlaw yet, I stumbled across that the other day, and it has very similar crossing the Iron Curtain to buy black market Pez to resell <laughs> in the U.S. only to be taken down by the giant Pez, by big Pez. His, Big by Big Pez, um, Big Pez. <laughs> it is it is extremely well done and like has like I highly recommend Pez Outlaw if, if you're if you're excited for the Tetris movie, uh, a lot of same energy in Pez Outlaw, um, and uh, is uh, was was a pretty good watch. Jamie,
2: can you give me a one or two sentence description of the your favorite TTRPG character that you've
4: created for a game? Pick a favorite child. It's <laughs> no, hard
1: um it's that's that's tough uh okay i mean like i I have crescendo violence right here. I once played a game of crescendo violence with a boxer. He was a boxer who was turned into like a criminal for a um mafia family, and he was like a big like a heart of gold boxer. And he was like one of the, the roughs, the roughs that was like hired. Uh, his name was gustin He was in love with this lounge singer. Uh, and his nickname was Gus the bus. Cause he didn't stop for <laughs> nobody.
4: Nice. <laughs> love it. <laughs> nice.
1: Anyway, he was great. Gus. Sorry.
3: Don't, maybe just don't say my name ever (laughs) the second it just triggers something in my brain to shut down just a whole a whole lobe it just goes dark i have so many thoughts person that Uh, follows
0: Eldrin and precedes me
3: oh my goodness gracious i oh i should be writing down my questions instead of writing down pez outlaw and sticky little fingers (laughs) um so um, you're saying it's my fault
0: thank you uh,
3: I'll take responsibility I, I'm Linda Chu I have a sticky little fingers here an interstitial and interstitial no <laughs> mm-hmm. violence oh um, stiff, and little stiff little fingers stiff little fingers, <laughs> fingers. oh stick, sticky little fingers would have been something different thank you
4: hey <laughs>
3: let's do no here we go um my question oh it's gonna haunt me if I don't remember <laughs> the exact one <laughs> I, you know what's funny is this,
0: this goes on until long enough to go. I'm going to step in with a question to stall for her and, and, and vamp for time while she remembers. And every time that I start to do that, you immediately remember what you were going to ask. <laughs> so I'm always like, nope, nope. And see, this doesn't count because I'm not actually about to ask a question. So you haven't remembered yet. See, you just have to start making fun of me. That is the trick. Pick on Jazz or the last person that shows up to the show. We we go by slumber party rules here. First person to fall asleep, and or last person to show up is the one that gets that gets. Uh, and why it's are just those always always me? Most frequently jazz. Yeah, that's just the way that it's. Uh, that's just the way that it's worked <clears throat> out. So. Damn it. Okay, Walt. Well, well, what's throw, what's throw, your throw,
3: favorite snack? <laughs> <laughs> That's not, that wasn't
0: what
4: it we was. Got it. Oh, we damn got it. it. Come on. Well, yeah, <laughs> let, me,
0: uh, let me do one real quick while you do. So, uh, so obviously, <laughs> so hard, hardcore Lord of the Rings roots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thoughts, yeah. thoughts on Rings of Power.
1: It's uh, a beautiful waste of money.
0: Oh, <laughs> not inaccurate. Not I mean, <laughs> inaccurate. it's it yeah.
1: Oh gosh, my my keyboard is is elvish. Casey? wow
0: that is that is lotr cred i
1: don't know sure. if you can see but my it's elvish i promise
0: oh you can see it on the space bar i can see yeah. it, yeah, um, nice. it. Sure. which scale. would be typical elven that it would take six words to say space i mean if there if there's <laughs> oh. anything that doesn't
1: <laughs> yeah Thinking i by. have yeah so i i have issues with this keyboard i love it but it's weird um it uses weird cinder and words. Uh, and then it just like makes some up and I'm like to the side. Anyway, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, yes. It's a beautiful waste of money. I don't are. know, man. Do you need a billion dollars to make an eight episode television show? And like only have half of it matter to the plot. Like what's, <laughs> what's the angle here, man? <laughs> like what's, what are you playing at? Like you could, you could do like 20, Like literally three seasons of this show at like a billion dollar budget and make Mm -hmm. it better. Yes. Can't Uh, can't argue. Bezos go to Bezos.
0: Uh, Tori, it seems like it came to you.
3: (laughs) Yes, and I hate that there's so much (laughs) buildup. Is there anything new and exciting happening in, in sailing and new boat technology or like, what's the latest in sailing?
1: Latest sailing? Um, I think that the, the kind of like big thing in sailing right now is that boats have gotten so fast that they're boring to watch. Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of the big thing is that they're trying yeah. to get, they're trying to get more people to watch the sport mm. And they've started like airing it on sports channels, but yeah. they've basically like perfected sailboat technology to where like a, a, a the sail mm. on the sailboat is basically just kind of this flat aerofoil that's basically a wing. Mm. So like of an huh. airplane. So it's not canvas, it's not fabric, it's not sheeting. It's literally just like the wing of an airplane is popped on this hull and they just go, they just like point it in a direction and they, these boats like sail faster than the wind and they make their own wind when they sail. So it's gotten to the point where it's like, there's, there's a ton of skill involved, but it's very, very boring to watch because everything is planned out mm. so minutely. Mm. So the, the thing that a lot of like the the America's cup and those big sailboat races are trying to like figure out do we go back to the old way of sailing? Yeah. (laughs) Which is just so funny to me. So they're trying to figure out, like, how do they make sailing interesting now that they've perfected (laughs) the sailing technology? I'm like, well, it took you guys, like, 6,000 years to, like, get to this point. (laughs) Now we're just going to regress, (laughs) and it's (laughs) Amazing. You
0: know, it's. I remember the America's Cup being a bigger deal, like in. having
1: a great time right now. (laughs) Just thinks I'm very funny. (laughs) I'm very very excited.
0: He's drunk. Uh,
1: (laughs) Whoa. Anyway,
0: the uh, I remember the America's Cup being a bigger deal when uh, I was younger, and like the last. It's funny that you say technology because I remember. uh, I think it was the year the Japan one. They had the giant shark fin rudder underneath the boat and everybody's making such a huge deal about it uh and then america won again and everybody's like okay nationalistic jingoism over you guys can stop paying attention to sailing now um and that's I the last year i remember it um
1: yeah but, like i said the the they they've perfected the sailboat to such an extent that it's like boring to watch which is hilarious <laughs> i think just so just, I just, put
3: people on an island they build the boat or I still know the know answer, and the answer is cannons. We
0: knew how to make sailing exciting back in the old days. Of yeah. course. I mean, you don't have to blow up the other boats, put Piracy. some mirsh- paint paintball. Obviously. Man. Paintball cannons, safe and effective. Um, because Wonderful. we would we would all be here for that, I think, at the end of the day. So
1: also uh, funny chance. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> We're really more missing city- out on those. More chance.
4: City- <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, there's only so many she, shan- she shanties. I can't say shanties. She, uh, she shanties. She <laughs> shanties. Um, she shanties. Right. She shed. She shed. Linda, uh, Anthony ran away, but we'll get him when he comes back. Question for the cast to close us out. Uh,
1: is it a collective question or individual questions?
0: They each answer individually. But oh, you can look. Dealer's choice. However you want to handle it. If you want to a- an- ask them their each their own personalized question, a okay. If you want to ask one single question. That they all have to answer differently. Uh, also, uh, a okay, your call.
1: No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it individually. Uh, first up, Tori. Were you a bad geek? Was I a bad geek? Band geek. Were you a band, band geek? You give <laughs> do off. Do I give off band geek? You give <laughs> off <laughs> to <clarity laughs> energy, and I just. Oh like
4: my god! Continue. Oh, oh wow. my god! Wow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: Oh, I've been described in so many ways, and that's the first time I've heard that. I love it so much. So um, my shocked. school didn't have a band. I went to a science and engineering magnet high school. We didn't have band or sports. Um, oh yeah, tracks. Okay, <laughs> okay
1: cool. Yeah, yeah, cool.
3: What's, what's the more cool. nerdy way to say no? I wasn't a band geek. Um, I was a. <laughs>
1: I, went to a I think you school. found it. I went to yep. a
0: science and engineering school.
1: Yeah. Well done. Um good to good to
3: know. I'm glad I, I give off the vibes of, being, of a musician, though. I feel well cooler. clarinet. I don't know. I never but
0: said the,
1: musician. For, yeah. Big clarinet energy
0: is a vibe. I don't know if it's musician vibe, though no, for uh, sure. And it 100 percent nailed it in in a good way.
1: Um oh my goodness. Um, okay. What are some other questions? Uh, okay. So who asked me about my, someone else asked me about like my record collection. I think it was Anthony.
0: It was Jamie. 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 Yeah. Jamie.
1: Sorry. I. You're all really small. <coughs> okay. They screen. look exactly
0: <laughs> alike. It's an easy mistake to make.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Do you collect records? I do. <gasps>
2: I do. Uh, I collect uh Horror soundtracks and uh, movie soundtracks in general. Horror, that's fine. horror Okay, horror. we're
1: done. Not horror soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: Got it. <laughs> <You're> just muted.
0: <laughs> wow, that's, wow. That's, Linda takes down right. the cast at the end of the show one by one <laughs> from Big Big that Planet Energy to Okay White Boy. Next <laughs> up,
1: that's enough <laughs> of that. Oh boy! Oh. Yikes. She's your favorite guest ever everybody. <laughs> favorite oh guest ever. I'm um, just like <laughs> we're um, uh, okay. Anthony, do you have any secret skills or special talents? Cuz you look like you don't. It's <laughs> just have <laughs> <not, laughs> <the> energy. <laughs> not to put words in your mouth. I just <laughs> know. <laughs> it's going to be diaper chanting, I know it. <laughs>
6: Uh, man, uh, s- not that
4: her secret. I don't think, oh, uh, <laughs> can you, okay. Nothing? No, not, not that. He does. Um, he does. Um, he does. What, what's my what secret? Is it, well, what's my secret? Just spill
0: the beans, man.
5: It, he's, my brother's in the chat too. He's
6: probably yeah, going yeah, <laughs> to
5: He's, he's, he, he's, he's low-key a writer. He's a bit of a poet to him, or at least he used to be for sure. Is that a secret? Okay,
6: yep. yeah, that's true, but I don't know if it's a secret. It's not widely It's
0: tragic. Yeah, talent that he doesn't advertise anywhere near enough on the show is that he <laughs> manages and runs a competitive rap battle company uh, that uh, he should promote more frequently. Because I went, wait, oh. what? I never, I never hear about it. And is it, it's three co? Is that the?
3: I thought thre- uh, you the said name,
6: it's three o. Uh, yeah
1: rat, battle? rat As in, battle I thought you said rat battle, rat battle <laughs> yeah. like
6: rodents
1: fighting yeah. each other yeah. 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 I don't it's, think that's it's, legal it's, it's cockfighting that, that, for the that, new that generation my
0: se- that right. one's my secret company there you go that doesn't sound that doesn't sound
1: legal uh.
0: it's, ki- it's kind of like uh, oh god what is it not uh, like Bakugan except with rats
3: Oh no, that's
1: Beyblades. Nope. That's Different. that's what I was trying to remember. God damn it! Oh, okay. And I okay. on Beyblades
3: and
0: came up with there's, fucking Bakugan for some reason.
1: There's yeah. just a lot happening. Yeah. <laughs> a lot happening.
0: What, including Doctor Friedman calling dibs on you for a fight night? Uh, so we will talk about that later in the year for sure. So
1: sure. I don't know what that means, but uh, I'll follow the doctor into battle. So that sounds they, right.
0: That's exactly what it is. There you go.
1: There you go. Um. Okay, uh, Jazz. Do you have anything funny on your desk right now that you can show the class?
5: Um.
0: Nothing. Hmm. The in- whole cheesecake. What funny? What's I
5: wish I got that
0: much. What? What's in the window? You got your window liquor.
5: <laughs> There's this on the window. Like I said, I've got a friend who's been trying to get me to watch it. It's just been sitting here behind me forever. Oh, here we go. Something that's actually. It is Promare.
4: Yes. Please watch it. I might actually take the time
5: to watch it now because I've actually been sold on it. But there's this trophy that I won when I went on a cruise with my family last spring. Um, I won the Harry Potter trivia.
0: Yeah, you know, wow, yeah. dude. Why? Why would yeah. you even? Why? You
1: know, you just burned yourself a little bit, like on multiple <sighs> levels. Trivia. Boy. First off, uh, trivia on a cruise ship. Cruise, cruise? ship with your parents. Trivia. Harry Potter trivia. No, no. You no, did no, this no. to yourself. This is with guys. my
5: wife and children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I not don't my think parents. That's- not <laughs> You're telling not- me. <laughs> You beat out, like, 15-year-old kids in Harry Potter trivia?
0: Actually, I beat out a bunch <laughs> yes, of old people. No, 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 no. no. Like, I desk? could totally see him slapping a buzzer out of a six-year-old hand, like, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, hey,
1: right.
5: you guys asked for funny. And, That's all I and, had. And Jazz is the band geek. Yeah, it's, oh, and I am the band geek.
1: Wow. Yeah.
5: Wow. Is that what his name is Jazz? Ever. No. It just happened to be coincidental. I get that question a lot when people can find out.
0: Jazz, who, uh, oh yeah, man, I used to write parody songs all the time. Oh, will you write some for the podcast? No, no, I won't do it. I won't do it. I refuse to write any (laughs) podcast related parody songs. Uh, All right, gang. On that note, for everybody's sake, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Thank you so much for joining us, Linda. We absolutely appreciate it chat. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming in and, uh, asking a bunch Hi, of questions. Mom. I totally didn't pay attention to <laughs> Thank Hi, you, mom. Linda's mom. Hi, mom. As always, thanks for swinging swingin by. And as always, hope y'all enjoyed the stream. Make it in now. Hit buttons till it stops. Okay. Goodbye. Beep.